0: Let's turn uh, in our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at uh, several different passages of Scripture tonight as we talk about the uh, last piece that we're going to focus on of the doctrine of salvation. A lot of other things we could could cover, but um, <clears throat> we're going to talk tonight about glorification. And so, Um, again, there are lots and lots of facets to, um, our salvation, but, uh, three that, the three that are focused on often are justification, sanctification, and glorification. So justification is that moment when we are declared righteous before God, when we believe sanctification is the process of, growing in Christ-likeness, growing in holiness throughout our life. And then glorification is another thing that happens in a moment, like justification on the front end. At the end, glorification is the perfection of the believer when Christ returns. Or another way to say it is that it's the, it's the, the fullness or the consummation of our salvation. That occurs when Jesus comes back and we're resurrected. We see him face to face and we become as he is. So um, this is sort of looking. We, we could wait and talk about this when we talk about the end um, and end times and stuff. But it also fits really well here uh, rounding out our doctrine of of salvation. So this is um, what's going to happen at the end. Uh, So we know, right, we know that in one sense, uh, we are as saved now as we ever will be, right? You don't have to get more saved. Once you're saved, you're saved. But we also know that there are some uh, parts of what it means to be saved that we don't get to fully experience right now, right? We know um that uh for example if if you said you know if Jesus died on the cross so that you could be forgiven but still live a life where you're conflicted and tempted by sin and often fail and that, and then you die and then that was the that was it that that would feel like that 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 surely that can't be it right surely something as great as the the death and resurrection of the son of God would, would create something even greater than that. Right. If this, if we're just, in other words, the other way to say it is if we're only saved for this life, that's not as great a salvation as what we know the Bible talks about. Right. So glorification uh, is where we get to talk about how the full fruit, the full effect of Jesus's death and resurrection on our behalf comes to bear on our lives at the end in what we call glorification. So we're going to look at several passages of Scripture um, that talk about this, that point to this in various ways. Uh, The first one I want you to see is in Romans 8, and uh, it's in verse 30. And uh, this is what has been called uh, the golden chain of salvation, it says, "Those whom he predestined, he also called; and those whom he called, he also justified; and those whom he justified, he also glorified." All right. So, um, we've talked a little bit about predestination. We haven't camped out on that, but we know more or less what that means. We might all have slightly different ideas of how that works, but we know what it's talking about, right? God knows and God has chosen uh, whom he's going to save. So those whom he predestined, he also called. And here and other places as well in the New Testament, that calling is not just the calling of invitation, but the calling of summons, right? Uh, Like when Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. And he said, no one can come. Uh, to the Father, unless He draws Him, right? This is a this is a, a drawing that is effective and effectual, right? So uh, a calling that is a a summons more than just an invitation. So those whom he predestined, he also called and those whom he called, he also justified. So those whom he's called to Christ and drawn to Christ, those uh, are those, the people who have believed. And so they've been declared righteous. Their sins have been forgiven. They're right before God. And then he says, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. So this is a, it's going to happen in the future, but Paul talks about it as though it's already a foregone conclusion. It's already a guaranteed reality that we will be glorified. We will become, in other words, as much like Christ as it is possible for a human being to be. Uh, we will become as glorious, as Christ-like uh, as, as possible. All right, so, and, and notice that nobody who experiences the gift of justification is going to miss out on glorification at the end. That's why they call this verse the golden chain of salvation, because it doesn't say some of those he predestined, he called, and then some of those he called, he justified, and then some of those he justified, he glorified. It's not, it's not a funnel, that gets narrower and narrower the further down it goes. It's the set. It's the same. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. So, if you're justified, you will be glorified. It's a guaranteed thing. Um, no true Christian is going to be left out. Um, if you flip over a few books to the the book of uh, Philippians, um, actually several books over, it's uh, in Philippians chapter one, one of the um, simpler, but still powerful uh, statements that Paul makes about this is in Philippians one six, and this is a verse that you're probably familiar with. You've probably heard this verse before, um, and uh, it, one of the lovely things about it is that it's just—it's so simple, right? Some of Paul's wording in Romans and other places. It's kind of hard to get it to just roll off your tongue, but th- this one's pretty easy. Philippians one six, Paul says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That is a, a potent promise, right? The, the one who has begun a good work in you, he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So, If he's begun a work in you, right? If he's saved you, he's convicted you of your sin, he's drawn you to Christ, he's granted you faith, you've been justified by faith in Christ, then um, he doesn't say, if God has begun a good work in you, you better bring it to completion. He says, no, he says, if he has begun a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. So God is not the kind of uh, person who leaves jobs unfinished. Right, like some of us are. Some of us have projects everywhere, or books everywhere that we've started, or what you know, whatever it is. Got stuff scattered out. Like, oh, I was going to finish that. Oh, I was going to do that. I was going to put that laundry away. <laughs> I was going to run that dishwasher. What you know, unfinished stuff all over the place. God doesn't do that. Right? He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He will finish it. He will um, bring us all the way to the end so that we will experience the fullness of the salvation that Christ has purchased for us. Um, when is that going to happen? Right? When is glorification going to happen? Well, here, the way he says it is, it will happen at the day of Jesus Christ. And... Um, pretty clear that that almost certainly means the day when Christ returns, I don't know what else the day of Jesus Christ would be, right? Besides the day of his return. So when Christ returns, that is when um, this this fullness of our salvation is going to dawn for us, right? The day of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul says uh, the same kind of thing in 1 Corinthians. If you go back now a little bit, to the left, as you mean your Bible to 1 Corinthians 15. Um, 1 Corinthians 15:20 20 to 23. Uh, there's a lot in this chapter about uh, what's going to happen at the end and in particular about resurrection and resurrection is an essential part of our glorification, part of what it means for us to be made as much like Christ as it's possible. To be is for us to have resurrected bodies like Jesus has. So um, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty to twenty-three says, uh, but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive but each in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. So we are all going to be raised. We are all going to be made alive bodily, right? And, and bodily raised from the dead. And Paul says that Jesus is the first fruits. He's sort of the 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 first part of the harvest, right? But the full harvest is not going to come until uh Christ's return. It's at his coming that those who belong to Christ will be raised, that the full harvest will come in. So who will be glorified? Everybody who's been justified. Everybody whom God has begun a work of salvation in, God will bring that to completion. When will we be glorified? We'll be glorified at the day of Jesus Christ, when Christ comes, when he returns, what's going to happen when we're glorified? We're going to be resurrected, right? That's what Paul says here. And then he, he gives us a little more about this later in the chapter. Uh, if you look down to verse 51 of chapter 15, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, which means we're not all going to die before Jesus comes back. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory, O death. Where is your victory, O death? Where is your sting? Uh, earlier, I, I, I wanted to say that when we're glorified, we're going to become as much like Jesus as it's possible for a mortal being to be. But I can't say that because... This says when Jesus comes back, we're no longer going to be mortal. Right? We are going to be made immortal. Our mortality is going to uh, be um, swallowed up by immortality. Right? We will no longer be perishable, but our, our bodies will be imperishable. And that's hard to get our minds around, right? Because everything we know is perishable, and especially our bodies. But when Jesus comes back, we are going to be raised, or if we're still alive, changed, and our bodies will become imperishable and immortal. We will be transformed into the perfect likeness of Christ. Um, Paul says it a a slightly different way in uh, Philippians. You have to turn back there. We were just there, but you can. Um, Philippians 3 20 to 21. Uh, Paul says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. So if you think, I don't know how that's even possible, that Jesus could transform this old thing right, into a glorious body like what he has in heaven right now, Paul says, well, I'll tell you how he does it. He does it by the same power that he uses to rule over all the universe and put everything under his feet, right? Subject everything to himself. He's got the power to rule over all creation, visible and invisible. I think he can handle transforming your body. All right, so, uh, that's what part was going to happen when we were glorified. And then one more verse, last one, is in uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. This is, um, I, I go back to this one a lot. Um, this is a, a, a favorite for, for me for talking about this idea of what is it going to be like when Jesus comes back, what's going to happen, what does it mean to be glorified. <clears throat> John. Says it this way, John, always simple but profound. 1 John 3 2, he says, Beloved, we are God's children now. So we've already, we're we're saved, we're adopted, we're God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. So we haven't seen yet what it's going to be, whatever's going to happen to us. But here's what we know. But we know that when he appears, We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So we don't know all the details. We haven't, nobody's drawn us a picture yet. We don't, we've not seen what we're going to be like. But here's what we know when he comes back, we're going to be like him. We're going to see him face to face, and there's going to be something about seeing him that is going to transform us to make us, again, as much like him as it's possible for a human being to be. This is um, the consummation of what we saw last time. Remember last time, one of the verses we looked at was uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, where it says, uh, we with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. John is just saying, at some point, You're not just beholding Jesus through a glass darkly. At some point, Jesus comes back. You see him face to face. And that process of becoming a little bit more like Jesus, a little bit more like Jesus, all of a sudden, boom, the process is complete. And you're as much like Jesus as it's possible to be. That's what's going to happen when he returns and we see him face to face. So this, all of this that we've been looking at about glorification, that it's promised and guaranteed to all of us who believe that it's going to happen when Christ returns, that we're going to be transformed, our bodies will be raised from the dead, imperishable, immortal, uh, transformed to be like Jesus' body, uh, made to be like him. That is uh, not just a, a wish or a man, wouldn't that be nice? That is a promise. That is our confident expectation. That is our hope. Uh, And the the full biblical sense of hope of this is what we are counting on. This is what we believe is going to happen in the future. So any thoughts or questions about...